Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's going on, Clever Investors? Welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber. And today in studio, I have some very special guests. These two, sexy, fine, very successful. By the way, you smell very successful. <laughs> I, I'm just going to put that out right now. It's me. We're going to kick this show. I, it, Brian's that's the cologne. It's Brian's called Successful. Successful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got two amazing real estate entrepreneurs. Lucky enough for me to be able to call one of them my business partner. And this other guy just walked into our office randomly and just started running our wholesale business. His name <laughs> is Forrest. Forrest is here. We got my business partner, Brian, here. And uh, I'm here. And we got ChatGPT here. Oh. This podcast is going to be a little bit different than anything we've ever done because I was sitting here thinking like, I really wanted to kind of talk about how we started and how our business is going and kind of unpack the types of investments that we're focusing on and how the market shift has happened. And by the way, if you guys are new to this podcast, this is all about making money, multiplying money, and then making your money matter. That's kind of the theme of this podcast the way we've been making money, one of our most successful businesses and one of the best vehicles in the world to ever be in, if you want to get embarrassingly wealthy, is real estate and real estate investing. And there's a lot of myths and misconceptions and uh, strategies that work and things that don't. And when you first get into this business, it can be very overwhelming because you're trying to learn a whole new language and there's so much noise and all these things going on. We hope in this podcast episode that we kind of clear some of that stuff up, gives you some clarity to maybe if you've ever wanted to get into real estate, maybe you've been dreaming about it. Maybe you watch those shows um, on TV like Flip or Flop. We've had Tark El Musa on uh, in the past. Forrest actually ran Tark's wholesaling company back in the day. And, uh, you know, so we got some experts here and hopefully this inspires you to get into the business. So with that being said, I asked ChatGBT, give me 20 badass questions to ask these two badass entrepreneurs. And so I say we rapid fire. If you're inspired to answer it, we jump in. So real quick, before we do that, five seconds, Forrest, background, who are you? How did you end up here sitting at this table? Um, boy, started off in the entertainment industry um, and uh, from there got into marketing and advertising and grew a scale to marketing company to 1,500 reps and 17 franchises nationwide. From there, started working with HGTV and as you mentioned with Tarek Al Musa um, and grew his wholesale uh, uh, enterprise to quite a high level. And that's how we ended up meeting from doing some deals together. And um, now I'm, uh, I have the fortune of working with Cody Sperber and Brian Applis on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, I've done over a thousand transactions in my career. I got started flipping when I was 19. I bought my first house, my first flip when I was 19, fourth generation real estate. So it's in my blood. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the trenches. I'm running sales and marketing and that's my marriage to synergy to make it all work. Yeah. You're on the front lines. Yeah. For sure. On the front lines. And you were a rock star, like a literal rock star. I, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot, some... there's a lot of chapters. It was a few chins ago, but um, yeah, I was signed <laughs> to Capitol Records and toured around and had a lot of fun, or at least that's what and the And didn't you have like a colored me. mohawk or something at one I, point? I, yeah. Yeah. I did. And so did my dog. Um, yeah. That, yeah. We had to match. Okay. Real fast before we move on to Brian, what is one crazy story that you're willing to share about your rock star days? You have anything you want to hit us with? Oh I, boy, we've been we've sat at the bar and had had some beers. Yeah, and I've heard some good ones. Um, you know, it really comes down to some of the people I was able to rub elbows with. Um, the the pictures uh, are my biggest reminder because you know I wasn't necessarily all that coherent back in those days. Um, you know, we live, we learn, we grow. Um, but uh, no, I had Is some, that your bumper I, sticker. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, my bumper sticker was actually Save the Forest. Uh, and then they oh, go to my website solid. and buy some music and yeah, yeah May the Forest Be With You. Those, you know, those were the Dude, bumper stickers. You're nailing it right yeah, now. Hey, it was great. Um, but no, I uh um I mean there's a lot of crazy stories, probably too colorful for this podcast, but um uh yeah, I met a lot of lot of very interesting people, dated a lot of very interesting people. Um What and, was his uh, name? Uh his name was <laughs> Can you throw I, I one totally out? set you up there. <laughs> can, didn't you, I? can you throw one out? Because you have some paparazzi type pictures of you walking out of bars and clubs with some very famous women. Yeah. 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 No, I, I went through some some phases of dating some very famous, you know, pop stars and pop singers. And um, there was even some adult film stars that were thrown into the mix. Um, but yeah, it was a wild and crazy time and a whole lot of fun. And and that was uh, all right. That's another that podcast. Shut up. Shut up. You're not going to give us the goods. <laughs> that's for another podcast. All right, Brian, my business partner, one of my best friends, the guy who actually makes the magic happen in our business. Um, quick background uh, so they can get to know you. Hundred percent. Gosh, I was always an entrepreneur. I love sales. I did everything from Cutco sales to you know door to door sales for painting companies. Whatever it took, I was always on to the next deal. Um, I originally started my entrepreneur journey when I was twenty years old in college. I started my first uh, apparel business. I was flipping T-shirts, I guess. Our boy Pineda flipped couches, but I'm flipping t-shirts in college, paid my way through college, built out a big rep system, campus reps, ambassador programs. I was on 15 different universities by the time I was even done with college, uh, making six figures, bought my first house at 21, moved to Arizona, and just built a, a big, big, big manufacturing and apparel textile business and had the you know opportunity to work with brands like the NFL and the NBA and uh, the MLS and Fortune 500 companies. So I knew what it took to not only manufacture, but manage the expectations and have the customer service and the wherewithal to get from start to finish on a project with multiple pieces. And so transitioning 16 years later, I exited that company. Yeah, you, you scaled it, then you sold it. Correct. Yeah. Which was an awesome day. I remember celebrating that day. That was a big, yeah. big moment, right? To well, sell good. your business, sell your baby. Yeah. What was that like when you were when you were at that kind of that that finish line and you were handing it over to somebody else? Were you relieved? Were you sad? Was it like, I'm gonna check my bank account 400 times because yeah. I love the money that's in it? <laughs> yeah. Well, first and foremost, I mean, exiting a company is something I highly recommend. I highly recommend doing it sooner. <laughs> Then later, because uh, you know, if I would have if I would have exited five, six, seven years earlier, I would have even exited for more. Had the ability to build something else and exited that multiple times over. So some people get caught in a business, especially being my first business when I was twenty, and I had side businesses and I did side things, but it was never like building a real business. I mean, I had sixty-eight employees, you know, multiple commercial buildings, manufacturing machines, just tons of overhead and sales and everything was, you know, hit the P&L and what's the break even and what's my operating costs. And so I really got, you know, to understand how to build a business and understand people. And I went to school for HR and management. And surprisingly enough, that's kind of what I ended up doing, recruiting and managing. Um, and then I eventually put CEOs in place and, you know, production managers in place. So to answer your question, exiting the company, it felt amazing. I remember, you know, you were the first, you know, guy that I sat down with after my boy Jim Engel 
And we talked about like, what's next? And what do I do with all this money? And how do I be smart with it? And how do I create passive income? And shoot, you and I met in 2004. I sold my business in 2017. So I had watched your journey. I had been to your Clever Summits. I had been a big fan supporting you, not only as a friend, but also, you know, just as a mentor. You've been a mentor of mine for my pretty much entire adult life. You know, it was so awesome to meet you. And you know, we've been best friends. Yeah. And just to give it back to you, Bryant would show up to every single one of my events because you were in the apparel business, decked out from head to toe. Custom <laughs> socks, custom hat, custom clever shirts. Clever investor handkerchief. It was like oh, a clever no. investor handkerchief, clever socks. investor socks. I was like, that's my dog. You know, like, because think about what kind of friend you want around you. When you're when you're an entrepreneur, it's very lonely. And then yeah. all of a sudden here comes like this walking billboard of your company. And he's like, you know, like with banners and stuff. I remember waving. I had wow. it. I remember I was in charge of all your designs and everything. And, yeah. I, and I made this one shirt, like said, like, trust your guru. And he's like, what are you putting guru on a shirt for, dude? Guru's like, we're not gurus in this business. I go, <laughs> well, I was, you know, doing some research and it says the real estate gurus is the ones that mentor. And he's like, no, no, no. We're going to take that guru off the shirt. <laughs> so ever since guru, then, you know, I always thought, you know, I, that was probably just, um, a, a lens I had on. Probably now I'd be like, yeah, give me the guru title. Yeah. I've been in for so long. But back then, since I was so aggressive doing deals, I kind of looked at gurus like the scumbags on uh, infomercials that yeah. try to sell you a CD. I call uh, them gurus. There's so many fake gurus out there. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, oh, are you even doing freaking deals? Like probably not, which is one of the things it surprises people when they come to our office and they realize just how much real estate we do on a daily mm-hmm. basis, mm-hmm. which is what I want to unpack. So I'm super excited. Let, let's dive into this. Um, and Brian, this one's teed up perfectly for you because I actually sold you your first residential real estate investment deal. Absolutely. Okay. So can you tell us about your first investment and what you learned from it? Oh boy. 902 West 10th Street, Mesa, Arizona, 85201. Guys, if you care about what you do in real estate, know your properties, know your comps, know your addresses. It's, everything's a case study. Listen to everything, your guru. Everything, <laughs> to your everything guru. is a learning lesson. So just, you know, this wasn't staged. I remember that property all the way back from 2009, right? And that we, was before the we crash. We bought it out of the, four, well, we bought it at a really good price because the world Somebody was Somebody had melting. passed away. Yeah. It was $92,000 in Mesa. Yep. It was like a 1,300 square foot single single family ranch. And uh, gosh, you know, Cody wholesaled it to me. I, I went back and looked at the original HUD, made like a $9,000 rip on me. I was like, perfect. You know? I did. Uh, Dinner's I did. on Cody. Yeah. 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 That sounds I mean, about right. Yeah. That sounds like some shit I would do to my best I, I, friend. I was like, dude, that's perfect because I was hoping I didn't go back now that I know what an assignment fee is and see like 50K and then he added it 40. But now I realize it doesn't matter what somebody makes on an assignment fee. It matters how good the deal is. 100%. Right? And mm. I was so stuck that's in that such a for big my deal. first couple of years of, of actually being a full-time real estate investor. I always had to ask, so how much are you making? So what what, do you, what, what, what can oh, we do? What dude, can we you'll do? never get do? rich. Listen to me. You'll never get rich counting the money in somebody else's pocket. Yeah. yeah. It it's drives a deal, it's me a deal crazy, but newbies do that all the time, right? Yep. They're so worried about what are you getting out of this? It's yep. like, bro. We get that question you, all the time. You run your numbers. If I'm giving you a deal with lots of meat on the bone, you should be thrilled that I'm serving this up. Yep, yep. Right? I think it was worth like uh, 175. Got it for 92. I think. And we got, I told you to do what? Uh, you said hire a GC. Yep. Right, which Don't. I actually did. 
but I took it a step farther because I was still full-time apparel. And I said, I want a project manager on top of my GC. He double hired. I want to like, like, spend more like, money. He's such a boss. So yeah, he's so yeah. in his HR manager role. He's like, I want more people to manage. I'm going to staff so, this thing. This guy just showed up to the job site and managed the GC. The GC looked at me and he's like, so what is this guy doing? I go, he's managing you. And I go, he's, he's signed on. I'm going to do three deals. We're going to do 5K a deal. It's 15K. I got this. And he's like, all right. And I was like, <laughs> man. That right guy, away, your GC that guy, hates you. That, the, P, the, right away. the problem was the project manager was the one that actually ended up taking my money. He made me prepay for the next deal before I was even done with the first deal. Wait, you he did needed that? money. Wow. I didn't even know you he did needed five k for the next deal. And then you know it was just a it was just a crazy thing. And then I was trying to save money, right? So I would you know figure out all the best materials. I'd figure out all the you know best pricing. And then I and when it got time to list. I was like, well, I got to save money on the list too. I'm not, Cody happened to be a realtor at that time. And I go, dude, for sale by owner, flyers, cookies, lemonade, open house, door knock <laughs> the neighbors. I got this, right? Oh man. He that did everything sat- opposite of what I told him to do. I said, go in and out quickly, lipstick on a pig. Yeah. Yep. Find a good GC, find a good agent. Yeah. Don't even stress about this. Make your quick buck and get a win for your first. You even told me to put in tile floors. I put in laminate floors. They buckled because we had a water <laughs> uh uh a plumbing issue under the sink and it caused the entire floor to flood and all my yeah. laminate floors buckled. Anyways, by the time I had to get through that, figure out if that was the contractor's fault or somebody else's fault, my open houses were failing. I didn't stage the property. Nobody drank the lemonade. <laughs> nobody. Yeah. Very minimal people showed up. My, meanwhile, were stale. it was 115 degrees in the summer and I'm away from my sweatshop and my t-shirt shop and I'm in this hot house managing the GC, the project manager. And all of a sudden Cody's over there, you know, just saying, Hey, I'm here if you need me. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't need any help. I don't need any help. I got to learn good. this myself. I got to learn this myself. And Cody knows I'm very hard nosed. And I got to learn through my lessons, not learn through other people's lessons. Now I look back and I just want to learn through other people's lessons. I don't need to go and make those hard mistakes again. Yeah. yeah. And That's so important. we're here today to help you guys not make some of the same mistakes I did, but the story gets better. So, but wait, there's more. It just happened to be a situation where I was going through a breakup with my current girlfriend. She, the obvious place was to live is my vacant place for me to generate some additional revenue and income because it's sitting vacant. Uh So meanwhile, now I'm trying to sell a property that's tenant occupied. I'm getting half of what my mortgage and my hard money rent is. I'm accelerating. It's just all gone wrong at this point. Finally, I hire Cody as my realtor. Three months later, he sells a house in about a week on the MLS. I get basically, go. I think of around 155. We were right around where our ARV should have been. And I ended up making after everything, you know, about seven or eight thousand bucks. So you made less than me. <laughs> and you did all, but you learned a lot. And See, I and I said, said the, and, 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 and the hard money fee. These are my and, favorite and, types and, of deals to wholesale. And, and Cody hooked me up with the with the lender and everything. And I look back How at that. How many points I you get from back, that lender? Yeah. But I look back at that deal and I look back at that house, and that house is worth three hundred and eighty thousand dollars today. And you should have yeah. kept and it. And I sold it for one fifty. And if I would have had a better what year was that? Oh nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. If I would have had a better experience flipping my house by listening to my mentor, then guess what? 
I would have probably exited my apparel business in 2011 when it was at its peak. Mm. And I would have rode this amazing 2011 up to 2000, you know, like 14, 15. Isn't it crazy yeah. when you go back and look at properties that you've previously owned and exited from and look at their actual value today and what it's appreciating? Well, you, you, never, lose, you never lose unless you sell. Yep. And it's never, uh, uh, it's never, you know, buy real estate or wait to buy real estate. It's always, it's always buy real estate and wait. Yeah. Hold it. Yeah. The, the, That's the great property advice. that I bought in Burbank, I spent $218,000 on it, sold it for three sixty five. Did a 1031 exchange into some condominiums in Orange County. But I look at it now and it's worth 1.2 million bucks and they've done Ooh. nothing to it. It's just the area that it's Thank in. you, California. <sighs> <laughs> that's some California I mean, that's magic. 20 years ago, but if I'd held it for 20 years, what's yeah. the next question? Well, look, you, you learn, you learn. You look back on these lessons and you learn. And um, even though it you didn't kill it on that first deal, I was always proud of you because you did it. Yeah. You did a deal. Yeah. And you were always... Uh, one of my friends that tried, you tried, you always understood that investing was a, a, the path to wealth, not working your way there, not saving your way there, like investing your way there. And you invested in the T and the, in the gene company and yes. like different oil company. Like you try a lot of different things and, yep. and a lot of them fail, but that's okay. With real estate, I'm just grateful that you gravitated back after you sold your company. Cause one day Bryant showed up at my office with Garrett, our other business partner. And he goes, Hey, uh, I, I want to start a company with you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what are you guys talking about? We want to start a wholesaling company. I said, we're too old, right? I'm old. It's a lot of work to do wholesale. I've done that for, for, for 18 years. Like I'm tired. And he's like, trust me, we're going to kill it in wholesaling. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're right. You're getting in yourself into, but if you commit, I said, I will do it under one condition that we also start a development company and that we actually go for bigger deals and renovate houses and build houses and all that stuff. And that's how Green Elephant Development was born. Yep. Because you and Garrett showed in my office one day, full circle, coming back. Garrett was, uh, he owns Buffalo Wild Wings, very successful entrepreneur. You yep. were a very su successful entrepreneur. And yep. here we are now, three old guys wholesaling and flipping houses. <laughs> and then we grew our team when Forrest showed up. So, all right. That was a great, that was a great story. How, um, uh, what strategies did you find most effective for finding profitable investment opportunities? Because it's changed over time, right? Like when you think about it, like I guess the real question is like, what's working right now to find good deals? We've elevated, as you know, you know, we only look for six figure profit deals. Um, our good friends Pace and Jamil have triple digit flip, right? If you're not making, you know, six figures on a flip, is it really worth your time at that point? And, you know, what's the risk mitigation that you're dealing with when you're dealing with properties that are 10, 20, 30K, you know, profits on flips that can disintegrate real quick with things going wrong with the contractor behind a wall or, you know, a foundation issue or just, you know, a low comp that was, you know, just all of a sudden, you know, killed the neighborhood. You know, you don't really know. So speculative investing is not something that we're into. So we go for bigger deals and they seem to have less risk. It's kind of counterintuitive. Most people think like, I just want to do a small deal. Let's just do start with a duplex. I don't want to do 24 units, but they realize that two, two doors have a lot more risk. If one of them is vacant, yeah. you're at 50% vacancy. If one of your doors in a 24 unit is vacant, you're still at 98% you know, occupancy. So you know, it just goes with flipping too. If you're going to flip a million dollar house, you're probably getting that house for five or six or 700 versus... $150,000 house that needs 30,000 in work that's worth 210. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a fair amount of level set that we need to do too and and just, you know, approach this 
if you're if you're looking at getting into real estate investing and that's that's something that you want to you know get into there's a lot of different phases to get into it flipping just jumping right into flipping may not be the most advantageous or cost effective way for you to do that because it's a fast it's a long cash cycle the reason that I focus so heavily on wholesale is because it's a fast cash cycle. Um, and that enables you, as you, as you asked, to, to find those good deals and find those good leads. Um, you're able to turn that money over into marketing and advertising. And a lot of people just think they throw money at Google or at Bing um, and they're not, you know, and that's what's going to generate those leads. But you can do driving for dollars. You can do door hangers. You can do mailers. Um, there's a lot of effective ways to, to target good properties. Um, but with wholesale and wholesaling those contracts, it builds up your revenue revenue and it builds up that money that you can then turn into flipping. Once you get to a certain stage where you have marketing and advertising dollars to spend heavy, I look at that as a broad net. So you're spending money to get all of these leads coming in. Most of them are going to be wholesale deals, but that's where you trip and fall over those good flip and buy and hold opportunities because you have such a broad net you can afford by spending heavy in marketing. But, you know, you got to walk before you run. And I think that, you know, uh, getting some wholesale contracts and getting some of those things done to generate the money to then be able to understand real estate and source those really good deals that you're not going to go upside down on uh, on a flip and you're not going to run such a huge risk because you're, you're green behind the ears. Um, I think that, that that's kind of a, a good way to kind of wade into it for those yeah, folks out there that are going through phases. Wholesaling is such a perfect gateway into becoming an investor. You, you, you're forced to learn the language. Yeah. What does ARV mean? What does MAO mean? What is, how do you comp a property? What is even, even a comp? Mm -hmm. You know, there's all this language to investing, especially single family or creative real estate investing. And it just takes time. And, and by wholesaling, you're going to force yourself to learn the language. You're going to force yourself to network with the players, mm -hmm. right? Which is one of the biggest most important things. People think that that they can just sit at their computer and never really go out into the real world, never get out from the, the classroom and into the real world. And they wonder why they're struggling and not getting deals. One of our favorite lead gen sources is people bringing us deals, Yeah, right? And you've done such a great job of that. What are some, some secrets of your networking? Because um, for those of you that don't know Brian, he is the best networker, the best. Like you've somehow infiltrated every circle. Everybody loves you. You're like the friend that everybody wants around at their party. So what what is that just your personality or like is it just I don't want to go but I'm still going to go like cuz you're yeah. everywhere you you buy every ticket, you show up all the time, you're all bedazzled out, yeah. you support everybody. Sure. Look, personality has something to do with it, but I also think intention has something to do with it, right? Because we're all busy. We don't want to always go to a networking event or a, a, a big convention, you know, or travel or a mastermind. Um, just today, we have 20 of the top operators in the country, in, in Arizona, coming to our office, sitting down in our event center to just talk about how to move their business forward as an operator and what they're struggling with and what... what it's like a little private mini mastermind. Correct. Yep. Yeah, just put together. Um, so we are always saying, look, we're open to improving. We're open to sharing. And just being an open book allows so many doors to open, not only just for real estate deals, but investment opportunities, you know, connections, whether it be, you know, tickets to games or anything like that. Anything that you have that you feel that you can share and offer, and it may not need to be monetary. It doesn't need, you don't need to spend money. You can just, you know, share some wisdom or some things that you've learned along the way, it's always going to be reciprocal. 
They're I think always, that's one of Bryant's most admirable, admirable strengths is that, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, if I make these connections, then I can lean on those people. Um, but Bryant is always asking, how can I help you? Right. And, and he's constantly there to serve others. And that is reciprocity. It does come back. Um, and I think that, you know, that's why every time we're at an event together, I lose you. Because we're talking to somebody and then all of a sudden, and Brian, where'd Brian go? Brian's over <laughs> to another pot of people and he's doing more networking. And, you know, it's like the go-giver energy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And your, yeah, your network Napoleon. is your net wealth. And if you're not leaning on those connections and doing deals with those people, um, giving to them and they'll give it back to you. I think that that's, you know, very powerful. And Brian is astounding. He's also one of the, one of the other things I've noticed about you, B. Yeah is you're the best at introing people that you're with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't he? I mean, Do- I don't need to buy Only it. if they deserve when it. When I walk Only up to they a group, he it. rattles off all the stuff, and I'm like, There's very okay, few I'm people out. that like, deserve it, but you you being you being the top dog. Yeah, but you're the wingman, bro. Man. Yeah. You're the wingman that every person wants because, like, I don't even got to close. Yeah. It's like, it's like you do the whole pitch for me. And I just kind of stand there and wave like, yeah. like I'm a celebrity or something. And by the time you're done talking, I'm thinking I'm even drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm like, damn, I am cool. I am a badass <laughs> so, motherfucker. So, this feels yeah. good. Sometimes people, we, people don't give themselves enough credit and they always, you know, look at themselves in the mirror and they may not like what they see, you know, from physical stature to, you know, what they've been able to accomplish or their bank account. And, you know, it's really just through reps and understanding that you are who you think you are and you are making small movements and steps forward each and every day. And that is something to be applauded and patted on the back. Yeah. And so I see your effort and that's what I do. I take care of my people. Yeah, I love that. So if you're listening to this, maybe you adopt some of those qualities. You become the greatest introer mm-hmm. of the cool people in your circle because there's never a time that I have an invite or an opportunity to go to a mastermind or retreat that I'm not inviting you. Oh, you yeah. get what I'm saying? I'm Recipro- always trying to bring Recipro- you Recipro- because I'm like, oh, that's my wingman, man. Yep. We're going to roll around. We're going to network with everybody. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to build relationships and let's see where things go. And because we always lead with the servant's energy. Yes. We're not expecting anything to happen, but it always does. Don't care. But networking is not just handing out business cards and what can I do for you and what can you do for me? And how do we, you know, share some resources? It's the follow-up. Mm-hmm. It's just like wholesale. Yep. If you, have 100 lead, if you have 100 leads, 90 of those leads are only getting somewhere because you followed up with them four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, five months, six months, seven months. It's, it's staying top of mind with the connection. And it's the make. same thing with going to a networking event. I can go meet 30 people and walk away and say, I did it. Yep. I did it. I shook yeah. everybody's hands. I got all my business cards. I learned a lot. People love me. I took a lot of pictures. I posted those bad boys, tagged some people. I'm good. When's the next event? And that's not what I do. I do the exact opposite. I go and I try to meet five people that I have actual real conversations with. And I may say hi to 25 people, but my intention is to find the top five at that whole entire event and go get to know them and then follow up with them and figure out from there how I can help their business and serve their business. And then what synergies we have together to help each other. I love that. Yeah. And you do a great job at that. One of the other things that uh, we, we love to find uh, another strategy we love to find deals is through, uh, the AI real estate system, That's right? Awesome. Using artificial intelligence. You got to have cutting edge strategy. Sometimes when, you know, over the years, things change, you know, cold calling was huge for a while. Direct mail was huge for a while. Um, Texting was huge for a while. Ringless voicemail was huge for a while. But what happens is guys like 
me get on a microphone and start teaching. And all of a sudden the whole community rallies behind it. Everybody starts doing it, it becomes less effective, right? So you always got to kind of be out in front of the curve, out in front of the way. What's working right now is using AI to actually find deals, right? And so if you're new and you're struggling right now to put it, put it all together, we have a system, a software called the AI Real Estate System. If you go to AIRealEstateSystem.com, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put a link down in the description. That's a quick plug because um, we, don't, we don't advertise on this channel or anything like that, but uh, we do offer the system to other investors because it works so well for us. And what it does simply is helps you find deals. If you are new and you're struggling to find deals, use artificial intelligence to find the deals. People don't understand. There's a treasure trove of data about of all of us floating around online. Mm -hmm. Billions of data points. There's somewhere out there that knows every website you visit, whether or not your mother-in-law lives with you, what <laughs> what 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 what, how, what your favorite foods are, like it knows. Like it's crazy how much data they have on you. And imagine if you had a smart technology that can sift through 136 billion data points all in a second and score you, literally score you like a credit score, where it can say, and the higher the score, the higher the probability and propensity of you selling at a discount. That's amazing. So if we are trying to find discounted properties that are off market, not through a real estate agent, how do we do it? We go online, we use technology to go faster. And that's what the AI real estate system is. So that's my quick plug. We'll move on past that. Um, how do you know when you're, all these leads are coming into our business, right? Because mm -hmm. we have lead partners, we have pay-per-click, we are doing the AI stuff, mm -hmm. we have the referrals, we have all this stuff happening. How do we kind of look at deals versus duds? Like what are qualities and investment opportunities that you guys look for? Well, we, all, we, we look at uh, buying activity in the area. So we utilize software. We lean on software to, to, to make sure that there's buying activity in the area. Um, we also weigh very heavily on our buyers list. We have VIP buyers list. We have vetted buyers. Um, and we know what their buy box criteria is. And we're going to match that against there. Um, Explain real quick for anybody who's new. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns backed by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. When we're talking about buyers, we're talking about cash buyers. Correct. And when you say a buy box, what do you mean? So uh, for those of you um, that want to learn a little bit more, so a buy box with your buyers, um, they're going to tell you, I'll buy anything that's 1990 or newer. I'll buy anything with a cap of $300,000, three bedroom, two bath, no solar, um, not on a major road, no power lines. They'll give you these specifics. It's like a shopping list. So if you have that shopping list, look, if I wanted to go catch a fish, would I cast my line in the lake and just sit and wait and hopefully hope that I'm in the right watering hole for those fish? Or if somebody told me fish aren't biting there, they're biting right over there. Why would I waste my time here if I know the fish are biting over there? And they tell me they, they bite on night crawlers, nothing else. Am I going to be using, am I going to be using something different? I'm going to use night crawlers and I'm going to fish right over there. You get more strategic. Um, so that buy box is literally your shopping list from the buyers letting you know exactly what they're willing to buy. So when these leads come in, we, we have a lot of inbound leads that come through um, and some of them are in rural areas. 
um, as some of them are low population. If there's only one investor in the area and he's trying to sell you the house, what are you going to do? Sell it back to him? He's the only investor in the area. So there has to be a, a handful of buyers that are buying, actively buying in that area. You have to know what their buy box is. Um, and that just makes you work smarter, not harder. So we kind of reverse engineer a lot of times. We have, we, we, we have these landlords and rehabbers that are looking for deals. Mm -hmm. They're filling us in on and what hedge they're looking for. And hedge funds. And yeah. they're telling us what they're looking for. And then we go hunt it down for them. Thousand percent. Reverse wholesale. If I said I was going yeah. to, to, to Walmart, I'm going to pick you up some stuff. And I came back with things that you did not want. Well, we're not going to transact. Sure. If you said, oh, you're going to Walmart, I need a shaving kit. Okay, well, what brand? You tell me that. It's very specific. You told me a shaving kit. You told me the brand. I went to Walmart. I got that. Well, when I get back to see you, we're going to transact. We actually have uh, iBuyerFunds.com, mm -hmm. and that has the buy boxes of our funds. So if you have a house that meets that criteria that you're talking about, mm -hmm. 1980 or newer, mm -hmm. not next to power lines, you go to iBuyerFunds.com. We'll submit the deal to the funds that we already have partnerships with and actually get a co-wholesale or a JV maximized for the person on the acquisition side and sell it for thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars more sometimes than a fix and flipper would that. buy. Yeah. So in layman's terms, if you go find a deal, go to that website. Yeah. iBuyerFunds.com. I it's a great technology on the back end. We're talking yeah. about tech. We have all the buy boxes from the funds built out in the back end. So, so we've, we've done the hard work. Price. We went and built the APIs and automatically sends it directly to the funds if it meets the criteria. And then we've created a second website called SendUsTheDeals.com for any deals that don't fit the buyer box for the I institutional funds. Mm -hmm. Meaning 1965, 1970, you know, maybe it's just maybe it's over seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars and it doesn't fit a funds buy box send us the deals.com we'll jv we'll find a buyer or we'll buy it ourselves cool so um there you know we've done the hard work we went out and built relationships with all the hedge funds we figured out their buy boxes we built the technology to allow our network to bring us deals yep. submit through our portal mm -hmm. and if we're able to sell it to the funds we'll split the profits that's Correct. it simple yep. we have we have over 4 4.8 million vetted cash buyer investors nationwide we have 150 funds that we have access to so yeah we're we're in deep yeah. send send us the deals.com we'll get it done I like when yep. you talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna like this. You're gonna like this even more because you know. Look, when you got a guy like Cody, right, that obviously has more connections than anybody, he should have his own branded website called Cody'sConnections.com. Right? Oh, here we go. And guess oh, yes. what? This is an infomercial. All of you guys can go to Cody'sConnections.com <laughs> to see who Cody uses for all his vendors and discounts and everything else, including our technology, our yep. software, where our buyers come from. So please, please, yeah, please you guys, check that out. You guys out. don't have to go out and figure this stuff out on your own. Lean on Lenders, smart title people company. that have done it, gone through it. I mean, I, you know, I've made very costly mistakes. We all have. Let us show you what the, I spent $90,000 a month for three months straight on Snapchat and TikTok to find out the 12 year olds doing the floss dance don't have a house to sell. <laughs> right? But I can tell you, don't spend $90,000 a month for three months on Snapchat and TikTok. There's all of these things that we've gone through, guys. So codysconnections.com, as Bryant was saying, we've already vetted and tried and tested and proven things that are working and they're listed on codysconnections.com. So don't so do what, the guesswork. What, what are some other things that we've tried doing or you've tried we doing? We haven't tried Cody floss dancing on the podcast. Yeah. What are some things that we've taken a crack at or we've tried like spending $90,000 to realize it didn't work? Mm -hmm. What are some other major blunders or mistakes we've made along the way that we kind of look back now and we're like, fuck, that was stupid. 
Even in, and it's funny because sometimes you look back and you're like, God, that was stupid. And it was completely apparent that that was stupid. Like, it's not like. I, I, I think doing the same thing over and expecting different yeah. results That's what I'm saying. Like, is, like, is, 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 is insanity, right? So if we have an acquisitions guy that we like, they're bubbly, they're fun to have around the office, but they don't put out, you know, sales and we're still paying them their base and we're just like, come on, come on, you can do it. And three months turns into six months, six months turns into nine months. You know, we're not tracking our KPIs as, as good as we should be. Everybody should be held accountable. The team members should hold themselves accountable, you know, and you just let things go on too long. That's been my biggest learning You're too lessons. nice of a guy. Yeah, it is. It is the, the double-edged would you, would sword. You, would you say I'm a nice guy? Uh, I think you, you have your business sense about you which requires you to hold people to the highest standard if they're going to be in your, you know, aura and circum and 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 orbit orbit and yeah. if not then hey get out get out the hot, the kitchen's hot get out you know um mm. me I'm almost like a nurturing and almost like, you know, I see the potential. I need to just pour in. I need a guy I need to give this person more time of my time. I'm not doing a good job of coaching this person up and managing this person. And that seems to get me in more trouble than just realizing like, hey, life's short. Everybody to hey, life's tough. Either you make it, you make it or you you're out. No, I do I do a lot of hand holding. Um, you know, I think that that nurturing people and um leading by example and leading from the front and showing them what needs to be done and getting in the trenches with them. I live in the trenches. Um and um, you know, people learn by example. Um, and they learn by by demonstrative learning. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's that that's kind of a, a crucial thing. One thing that I can say, um, a blunder. Um, you know, I I did the the I had a whole team that was doing driving for dollars, and they were out there. I had them in five different states. I had thirteen uh, active people that were driving for dollars, taking those photos of of the properties, sending them into the team. Um, and then I got a wild hair to grow an army of VAs that were doing virtual driving for dollars, going to Google Maps and looking at things. But you know that Google car may have only been through there six months ago. So now you're calling somebody saying, hey, your garage door's falling off. You want to sell your house? They go, what are you talking about? My garage door got fixed five and a half months ago. So, And I, I, I poured into that pretty heavy for a couple of months and took a lot of time, a lot of training. Um, so sometimes- It was a creative idea though. I mean, sure. the concept- I no, could see it, why it, you ran at it, it. It reminds me of when I was growing up, my mom and uh, would make these amazing dinners for me and my dad once. And then she'd start sweetening the pot. She'd add a little bit more, she'd add a little bit more. And then finally my dad and I were like, this got bad. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And you know, sometimes you can take something that's working and you know, you always want to split test, but by adding on too many layers, sometimes it dilutes it, sometimes it wrecks it. Um, so, you know, constantly split test, but, you know, remember what was working and, um, you know, don't alter that, keep that running and maybe try a separate campaign on the side. But that was one thing that, that took a lot of my time and energy that uh, had, I just left it alone and just had the, the virtual, the, the, uh, the actual drivers. Um, I think it would have been uh, yeah. a, a lot more advantageous. My biggest blunder. I mean, I've been through a lot, a lot. I've been sued dozens of times. I've I've gotten into all kinds of sticky situations that I had to fight my way out of. I've had partners still for me. People fuck me over. I mean, like everything that you could possibly list off has probably happened. But my biggest blunder for a bad call probably was right before COVID when I started fire selling everything. And I got really excited because I was, I came through the 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 crash and then run up. And I made a fortune in those times. And so I'm thinking, God, am I lucky enough to, to go through another 
massive shift in a market cycle. Like, could I get cash heavy? Could I sell everything? My Lambos, my cars, my houses, my buildings, everything, and just reset and get cash heavy and kind of look around and like, like, uh, like jump on it. The market didn't go down when COVID hit the market shot up and I just read the tea leaves wrong. I could, it would have been a great call if what I thought was going to happen happened because I thought, well, if they shut down the world, the world's going to crash right? The economy is going to crash. I didn't understand supply and demand. Didn't really elevate and think about it like, wow. It's like there was so much demand and so little supply all of a sudden that prices just shot through the roof. And I even forced us to sell a couple deals that we look back now. Um, what was that? Um, Chola. Chola. Yep. Fucking Chola. Yep. Three, Fucking Chola. Three point. Hey, Chola. Cho- <laughs> Chola. What, tell, say, what yeah. was the price? Uh, 8529 East Choya, uh, Scottsdale, 85260. And it was about 780 is what we had it. We paid cash. And it was going for 3.8 on the exit. Yeah, and, we and paid build, cash. We were going to build a house. The, the build was about 1.4. So we were about 2.1. We owned it for about six months. We had plans. We were ready to break down, break ground. We went through and, the permitting. We went through everything. And I, of the three partners, through a temper tantrum. I was like, sell this fucking place, sell everything. We're not taking risks. We're not building a multi-million dollar house. The world is shutting down. We're out. And this is right when the economy was just starting to shut down. Got it. And I forced the sale and we lost how much? Uh, we lost about 28 on the exit. And then we lost in potential profit. Uh, the guy who we ended up selling it to, he made seven figures. <laughs> yeah, but it's all that one stings a little it's bit. It's one of those rearview mirror deals yeah. where you're like, I'd rather yeah, but, not you know, talk about but, that. But one. that's all that's all good. Now I know we want to move on, but it's such a big learning lesson to to see how to not make the mistakes. And I think that's kind of what today's show is about. Yeah. Is just sharing um openly. And so starting additional ventures, additional businesses that aren't, you know, in in uniform with your actual real main business, mm-hmm. complementary businesses are fine. But outside of that, you know, it just seems to be like you're getting unfocused. Mm-hmm. And Cody's always like, we need to stay focused. We can't be starting a solar business. We can't be starting, you know, this business. And look, this is what we need to concentrate on. And so some of the, my entrepreneurial is always like, okay, well, we can do that. I can do mm-hmm. that. But you realize this actual business is a lot of work. And businesses that actually make it, those those numbers are so stacked against you. And if you're only putting five or ten percent of your efforts into a business, and the numbers were already stacked against you, if it was a hundred percent of your efforts, hmm. you're not you're not you're not Superman. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's it costs you time, money, resources, credibility, uh, relationships by always trying to do too much. And so I've learned to take that back. Yeah. A couple of thoughts come to mind from that. First off, one of my core values is don't fill up on bread. Mm. And what that means to me is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so many people, I think of it like spinning plates. You ever seen somebody like with a stick and they spin a plate? Sure. Like It's like you don't spin eight plates all at one time. You get one and you get it going really, 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 really fast. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of spinning on its own and it's just working. Totally. Then you can move on to something else. But when you're still in the process of spinning it, and us crazy entrepreneurs, we all do the same thing because we all think we could do everything. All at, all at once. We're superhuman. Yep. And what happens is we convince ourselves because we love two parts of being an entrepreneur. 
We love the beginning part, the growth, the 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 building it all, the 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 nuance of of like getting the logo, the website, it's the exciting. phone numbers. It's yeah, exciting. You're sure. you're hiring, you're training, you're all these fun things. And then we love the backside of the business, the selling, the cashing out, the 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 passing of the baton, the getting paid for all your hard work and labor. It's that middle section that people forget about how mundane it is, how long it takes, how it's much a, more a it grind. costs, how painful it is, how much crap is in that middle section. And if you don't have the stamina, consistency, and confidence and wherewithal to master that mundane and stay consistent for as long as it takes, sometimes it takes a decade, then why would you ever start another business? Yeah. And I know some people that are really good at like bringing in another quarterback, right? They're like good at hiring a quarterback and maybe that works in some industries. I've not had success in that because nobody's going to love on the business as much as you are. Mm -hmm. Ever. So those are my thoughts on that. You got to, you got to, you got, yes, gets you out of Egypt. No takes you to the promised land. <laughs> you got to say no. When you become more successful, saying no is the key. Yeah. yeah if we right? just concentrate on our wholesale business, and yep. of course, and I put 100% of all of our efforts into that thing, it would be just a rocket ship. We'd make 10 yeah. You know, instead yeah. of making yeah. six no, figures, sure. you know, a month, we'd be making more. So why aren't you doing that figures. for me? Every business requires both, 100% hey, step into my wholesale and unfortunately doesn't build legacy wealth and passive income. Well, you're it's both true. you're both fired. So <laughs> All right. Um couple more questions and then uh, we'll wind this thing down. This has been great by the way. I love these like raw conversations. Um what are your thoughts on investing in residential versus commercial? Ooh. Perfect. Yeah. So we've had a big shift. Uh, Cody and I have had multiple conversations about where the next five years has been because we started this business about five years ago, come this November. Yeah. And we made a we made a pack as partners that we were not going to change anything. There's no different splits. There's no anything. We're not changing anything. It's five years go. Right. So now. And they've tried. We've all tried. At some point during the five years, we looked at each other and tried. But then we came back to the friendship and the partnership and said, nope, we're going to ride this out. So when when is our five years? And I, and I recommend that with any partnership. December? Set, set, I think set, it's up set, in set December. a milestone. And so in our next five years, Cody and I are really concentrating on commercial real estate and multifamily and bigger deals, less transactions. Mm -hmm. So we talked about how that works with a million dollar flip on a single family house versus a $300,000 house. Same work, same paperwork. Same time. Same about, same risk. Just the payoff is that much better, right? Larger. So we're noticing that that's the evolution that needs to happen. So right now we're buying a 432 unit in multifamily in Arcadia right now. We have five and a half acres of dirt on a hard corner in Chandler that we're basically entitling and going through the subdividing process and putting, you know, gas stations and coffee, coffee shops and, you know, hotels on. And we're not actually developing the actual, you know, product. We're just putting it in place for the tenant that's going to basically be purchasing that subdivided land. Yeah. And then, you know, some things were- We're, we're entitling holding. land. Yeah, mm -hmm. something, yep. and, and some things we're holding on to and doing triple net leases and single tenant leases. And we're just, you know, ultimately just building that muscle out to move forward with the multifamily and the larger deals and the commercial uh, opportunities and the 67 acres that we have in Northern Arizona, developing a whole RV storage uh, you know, 200 storage units, 100 RV pads, and 100 manufactured pads, you know, with a bike trail and um, all sorts of, you know, little short-term tiny homes and just a great community that is just... We're moving up the food chain, yep. boys. So we're excited. I yep. love it. And uh, and I think the lesson in that is, is, first off, you can go big. 
You should go big. Yep. You have it in you. You're in your own way if you're not thinking big. And it's one of those things where you kind of learn your lessons. It's like, we work so hard to buy a $850,000 house, tear it to the ground, put up a brand new 4,000 square foot, three and a half million dollar spec luxury home to sell it and make 400K. It takes 14, 16 months right now to pull the whole project off. There's uh, residential lenders involved. There's residential real estate agents involved. There's architects, there's designers. There's all these people involved. And at the end of the day, you're lucky if you make 400 grand, mm -hmm. right? It's going to float between 200 grand to 500 grand. Somewhere in there should be your profit margin. But imagine that same energy on a five and a half acre subdivided land entitlement play where instead of making 400 grand, we make 7 million. Mm -hmm. Same time, same energy. Actually, probably easier to do that. Just different skills, different capabilities, and a different confidence level. Believe in yourself that you can do the bigger deals. And if you don't know how to do that, find a great partner to do that. Go find the raw land, talk with the city, get like the fundamental basics kind of lined up, but you don't really know how to pull it off. Then you go to sendusthedeals.com, you bring it to us, or you bring it to a local investor that you networked with and you go, hey, I got this opportunity. I'm pretty far along, but I don't know what to do from here. And find a strategic partner that can take it the rest of the way and keep yourself in the deal. Last year, we didn't pay taxes because we own so much real estate. What other vehicle can you be in where you can make tens of millions of dollars, pay no taxes, which is is really like making 20s of millions of dollars mm -hmm. because half your money always goes to Uncle Sam. But in real estate, if you own it and it's the right type of commercial property, multifamily and commercial, like the building we're, we're sitting in, you're able to have all these extra benefits from a tax perspective. And so- Wholesaling, you can actually invest your profits into your IRA and have it be you know, tax deferred and then use those profits to invest into real estate. And so it's all interesting things that you could do. Um, and so, you know, I, I highly encourage you to just think bigger. Um, you know, I think Vina Jetty said this one time, she said, look, Vina, should I just start with doing like 10 or 12 units, you know, or should I go for a hundred units? She goes, go for a hundred. And I was like, holy smokes, really? She's like, yeah, same work, same, same thing, same amount of time. less risk. Da, da, da. So it goes way more benefits payoff. and yeah. tax benefits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Now you're playing the money game to win. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate we're not taught this stuff. You know, your your parents rarely teach you this School stuff. School doesn't teach School this doesn't stuff. teach it. Uh -uh. It drives me crazy that you have to listen to a, a financial literacy podcast yeah. to kind of learn like important words like assets and liabilities and uh, well, PL statements and balance sheets and uh cash flow. It's like how come these aren't being talked to from a, from a parent to their kids and saying, this is the things that you need to pay attention to and learn, not some dumbass class in school where you're basket weaving this, or this, something. This goes back to one of the things that we were talking about making a difference and having a for-purpose business, right? So we all know... Uh, you know, Cole Hatter, right? Mm -hmm. Cole Hatter and the Avengers. Great guest on the, the show a couple of times and a business partner of mine. Awesome, yes, dude. make money matter. Always, you know, live in that lifestyle of for-purpose businesses. And, you know, the ability to, I think they have a conference coming up. I think I, um, you were asked to speak at as well and you're giving your time. I think Dave Williams putting it together, a fellow Avenger. And Tristan, Marie, uh, and myself and you have offered our event space to bring in a financial literacy class for um, high school students and their parents and even junior high even. And we're actually giving back. And I'm going to share one of those amazing stories about what I did for my first daughter 
my daughter, Bailey, and my beautiful wife, Beata, who's a nurse, we have already put a plan together for her that I didn't have when I grew up. And what that is, is she's already a homeowner. So she owns a house in Maricopa. It's under her name. Uh, I bought it from a wholesaler. My good friend, Jesse Burrell, he, he owns Batch Leads. He sold it to me for $120,000. Um, I put about $20,000 into it for renovation. And then we rented it out and refinanced it. It appraised at two ten or something like that. And I was able to get a cash out of like twenty, thirty thousand dollars on the seventy five LTV on the cash out at a three percent interest rate um, because I capitalized when we did these, you know, two thousand, you know, twenty two interest rates and things like that. Yeah, great so, interest rate, amazing. Yeah. I put it on a fifteen year note. Um, it's actually on a 30-year note, but I make 15-year payments because my cash flow is so good. So when my daughter turns 18 years old, that house should appreciate to somewhere around 450 to 550 is what I'm thinking. And who knows? We got another you know 14 years left. It could be worth 650 or 700,000. Meanwhile, I'm receiving you know income, cash flow. We're getting some depreciation, um, and then my daughter can either keep that as a rental when she turns 18 or she can cash out some of the equity, put herself through college. So it's no longer yeah, like it'll a be college paid fund. Off. Yeah. It's, yeah. It will be completely paid off and she'll have a seven, $800,000 asset that's cash flowing. And so that sets her up basically for the rest of her entire life. And I basically got cash on the refi. I get cash every month. I get tax benefits and I feel like the greatest parent alive because I made such a small move on a house. So With a big result. Imagine, imagine you turn 18 and you get a $750,000 check from your parents, but it's not in the form of a check. It's in the form of a house where it has rules that, hey, you know, you can't, you know, use all the equity at once. You can't, you know, sell the property and and spend it in increments of more than 50000 over five years because you don't want them to just cash it at 18 and go blow 750 grand, right? So you're able to put those things in place. And my daughter, she's actually sharing it with her friends already that she owns a house and that, you know, she 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 owns a rental house. Five years old, dude. She's like, and her friend's yeah. like, her friend, her friend Izzy goes, you don't own a house. You're not, how do you pay for it? I go, Bailey, go tell your friend, you don't have to pay for it. A house is an asset that pays you. You get money every single month coming in. She's like, wow. Big smile on her yeah, face. At five like, years I'm old to be gaining this Izzy. knowledge about real estate over and above the actual asset purchased and what it's doing. But to gain that knowledge and wrap her head around that at such a young age is something that even my dad being in commercial real estate and his father and his father before him being in commercial real estate. Um, you know, I went out on appointments and things with my dad. I remember going out on these big land deals and golf course deals and, and things, but he never got in the weeds with me and explained to me the intricacies of, of how it all works. I mean, where else can you do that? Where else can you deliver something that pays you for 15, 18 years? And then at the time that your child turns 18, you know, they're basically a millionaire. Yeah, that's it's, amazing. It's ridiculous. Dude, that's so, a power move, dude. Good job, yeah. dad. Yeah, that's I awesome, love that. Bro. I love that. My dad didn't give me shit. <laughs> Good job, dad. Well, you're giving back to Hudson and Brimley. That's <laughs> I'm all just that kidding. matters. My dad, my dad gave me a lot. He bought me, he bought me all my uh, living room furniture when I moved into my first apartment. 
I think he spent a thousand bucks. But those those eight crates and yeah, it was right, it was a very kind blocks in there. Kind, <laughs> kind gesture of help. That's, so That's awesome. awesome. As he shipped me away to the Navy, he's like, "See it, <laughs> bro." Um, all right, we're gonna kind of end this thing strong. Um, what advice would you give for us to a brand new wholesaler just starting out? Um, walk before you run. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, it's it's not all that difficult to get your first deal. Um, and that can be something small. It can be a $3,000, $5,000, $7,000, $9,000 deal, or it could be something big. You land, you land a big deal. And it's 80,000 bucks. I see so many people in the wholesaling industry that have just gotten started, did their first deal, made 80 grand, went out and blew 60 of it on a car and 20 of it on an office and desks and everything. And then now what? So don't get too big for your britches. You got to learn, you've got to experience, um, and you don't have to spend a lot of money to make money in real estate wholesale. If you want to stay small in the beginning, which I advise everybody to do, you again, don't bite off more than you can chew, but um, you need to get a couple of deals under your belt. And that can be door knocking. That can be, again, very low hanging fruit, very low cost initiatives to be able to get that first deal. From there, you start leveling up and you start doing everything in phases. Um, it's like building a skyscraper. If you build the first level and then before it's even done, you build that second level, just like you were talking about spinning those plates. If you start building that second level before you've tested and improved that first level, you can't get to 13 stories. The whole thing's going to topple over. So build that first story, see if you can rock it, see if you can break it. And if you can't, then go to your second phase. Again, see if you can rock it, see if you can break it. And if you can't, go to that third phase. You got to do everything in steps, but don't be intimidated. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are on the fence about getting into real estate or getting into investing or, uh, you know, we talked about real estate wholesale being a good entry point um, to, to learn. Don't be intimidated. Don't talk about it. Be about it. There's so many ways out there that you can cultivate your first deal. If you're at a barbecue on Sunday, you should let every single person, like Brett Daniels says, talk to people. You should let every single person know at that barbecue that you're looking to buy a house. And whether you're the end buyer or not, and if you're a real estate wholesaler, you're not, um, work out the terms. What real estate wholesale is, is finding a seller who is open to selling, working out the negotiation, working out the terms, doing all of that, devils in the details, get it into a contract, and then you just sell the, the terms of that contract. To a buyer, you can you can find these buyers online. You can find them on Craigslist. You can find them all over the place. Um, people that are cash buyers looking for homes. You can go onto Craigslist and look for landlords that are renting out their houses in the similar area. Contact that landlord and say, "Hey, um, I'm not necessarily interested in renting. I was curious if maybe you wanted to expand your rental portfolio. I have a property for sale." There's a lot of ways for you to do this. Yes, it takes time. Anything takes time. You think these heart surgeons driving around in Bentleys didn't take the time to go to school and put in the work to get there? Yeah, it, it takes time. Anything worthwhile takes time. Um, but there's very easy ways that are not intimidating and that are very easy to break into wholesale. And then again, you start scaling. You add on an acquisitions person while you're overseeing the business day to day and the PLs. You add on a second acquisitions person. You add on a dispositions person who is just working with buyers, and the acquisitions person is just finding those those seller deals. But you scale. And, you know, you can scale massively. And a lot of people make the mistake, even once they're scaled, to try and grow their revenue. And they think by growing their revenue means expanding their team. And we talked about this as far as doing bigger deals. Um, you know, there's shops out there that are saying, oh, I did 50 deals last month. Well, what was your average profit per deal? Two grand. Okay. So you made $100,000 last month and you worked your team raw to do 50 deals and all the work that went on those 50 deals for an average $2,000 spread. 
I was doing a lot of deals and I still do in Southern California, in Central and South Florida, where there's multi-million dollar houses. That's a much more elevated conversation with a seller who has the acumen to afford a multi-million dollar property. It's a lot less competition of wholesalers. They're intimidated to talk to a property of that size. But my largest assignment fee on a single family residential was $487,000 on an $11 million property in Bel Air because there was no one else talking to these people. So you have to have the confidence to go into areas where there's more meat on the bone so that you can actually make the same amount of time time, same amount of effort to make a larger spread on those deals. You'd have to have a huge infrastructure to do 50 deals in a month to only make a hundred grand. Whereas you can go find a property in Newport beach that may be upside down and you can talk to that seller. You can get it under contract for say 8 million bucks and find an end buyer for 9 million bucks. And you just made a million dollars. Now that's an extreme case, but it's possible. And that was one deal, not 50 and 10 times the amount of profit. So you pick your battles, but really focus on areas where there's meat on the bone and you can actually turn good profits for the work that you're putting in and not have to chase your tail and burn yourself out. But don't be intimidated on getting started. That's the big thing. You got to get off the fence. You got to get off your couch, get off this podcast and go get some courses, learn, figure out a game plan, write it all down, set yourself with micro goals and achieve those micro goals hourly, daily, weekly, monthly, um, and, and just push yourself. I, you know, we were talking about consistency. Uh, consistency in your life, consistency in your business. I I prefer the word relentless. Um, if you are relentless, then you will be consistent. And giving your 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 time a hundred percent focus um, and being relentless in that path is 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 what'll get you there. So don't be intimidated. Just get started. There you go. All right, Brian. Different question for you. Um, do you think anybody? no matter what their background is, what their gender is, what country they're from, whether English is a first or second language, uh, what their skill set currently is, do you think anybody can become successful as an investor? You know, I, I, I do think the wherewithal to know that you have, you know, to be relentless because you're going to have those doors that close on you and there's going to be things that get really hard. But I think that you have to figure out ways to simplify each process and with wholesaling specifically, it is an easy business if you make it simple. So you've ever, you've heard the acronym KISS, right? Keep it simple, stupid, right? So find the buyer first. You asked a question, how can people do in, in wholesaling? I asked the question, how can people make money in reverse wholesaling? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because doing what other people aren't is now giving you the ability and the platform to have more of a niche. And niche businesses are what are the, the riches are. Niches are in the riches and riches are in the niches. So if you can figure out what your buyer wants, just any buyer, and then go talk to five, 10, 15 agents every single week and have the agents bring the deal with zero marketing cost to you. And then other wholesalers can bring deals to you because you have a buyer that wants a rental property, that wants a fix and flip. Finding just the buyer, and it's easy to find a buyer, view all the tax uh, tra- cash transactions, call them all and say, would you like another property three houses down from your current property that you just flipped? I'm going to go to work for the next six months to find you that property. When I find that property, if I can bring it to you at the same dollar price that, that you purchased this one at, do we have a deal? And they say, yes, we do have a deal. And you say, great. I love working with people that follow through with their word. I'm going to be following up with my word. We'll be in touch. Meanwhile, you'll notice it doesn't take six months. It maybe only takes six days to get that transaction done because you've grown your network with other wholesalers and agents 
that pretty much anything in that zip code you're seeing come through on email blasts, you're seeing come through in different places. And now you're just basically either not even having a business. You could literally just say, hey, pay me a, a marketing fee or a JV fee on the HUD and the wholesaler can assign it to their cash buyer or your cash buyer, whatever the case is, and just pay you out on the HUD. So you keep it simple and you can make tens, twenties, thirty thousands a week and be on a beach with your family. So it doesn't matter your background. No, no. and like you can do it. Any, can, and you can, can do, do it all virtually. Yeah, you got to learn you don't lingo. Have, that takes a little bit of time. You don't have to. I, be. But I, doing I, this is just getting off your ass and doing it. You know, being in the in the education side of the world as well. There's been students that have come through that if I wasn't, if I hadn't had the experience where you kind of look at somebody, you go, there's zero chance you're, you're going to be successful. Like you're just a mess. And then like 40 days later, I'm getting the, Hey, I got my first deal. And you're like, how, what? You're like, great. Yay. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Yeah. But it's because they kept it simple. They did, they, 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 they weren't in their own way. They weren't overcomplicating things. They weren't like a, a, a supreme strategist. They were just like, okay, uh, Cody said, step one, call people on Craigslist. Like, and that's literally how they think. Like, no, I guess I just call people I'll, on I'll, Craigslist. I'll do that. I'll do that until I uh, get step to step two. two. Submit to send us the deals.com. <laughs> Cody will buy it or find a buyer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Here's my advice. And then we'll end this thing. Look, real estate tactically is one of the easiest things to do because it's been done before. You're not inventing a new strategy. There's nothing out there that you're going to do that hasn't been done a gazillion times by everybody under the sun in every state, in every market, remotely, in person. Uh, it's just, there's it, very, I think one time have I, in 20 years, have I heard of something that I've never heard of before? And that was the first time I ever heard the word novation. Besides that, I was like, yeah, you're just, you got to spin on like an old school tactic. Like that's mm -hmm. it. And because- Fundamentally and tactically, it's simple. We get in our own way. It is our mindset. So the most important real estate is the six inches between your ears. It is the hardest part to coach people through because they come to the table, the coaching table. Forrest hires me. He's a new investor. He says, Cody, make me successful. That's not how it works. I can't drag Forrest up a fucking mountain. Forrest has to go up the mountain and I can walk alongside with him and, and course correct him and help navigate him and, and give him confidence and hold him accountable and all those things. But I can't motivate Forrest for any real length of time. And this is what drives me crazy is because it's like, if you don't put in the inner work and, re and what does that mean? That means change your habits. Your habits, your values, your views have gotten you to this point in life, wherever that is. And you deserve everything you've gotten, right? The good, the bad, and everything in between. But if you want to experience new breakthroughs, new levels, new experiences, the next level, whatever that means for you, you have to change. And that's hard for a lot of people because especially when they come to the table and they go, oh, I've been a real estate agent for 20 years. I'm an expert. And really, no, you're not. Oh, God. You're an expert at being an agent. Yeah. Great. Good for you. But creative real estate is totally different. You think it's not, but that's because you got a lens on and you're, you don't know what you don't know. And so my advice is start with the basics. What time do you get up? What do you eat and drink? 
How do you, how many times do you work out? How healthy and fit are you? If you feel better about your body, you're going to feel better. Your mental clarity is going to get clear. This is why when you told me earlier today, ma'am, I'm going to go do some ice baths. I'm like, hell yeah, B. I know you've been working out really hard lately. I've been putting a lot of pressure on you to, to lose weight. You too. Like, come on guys. Like, let's get back in fucking ripped, rich and rare state where we're dominating. And that's, that's because my standard for the people in my orbit, like you mentioned earlier, is much higher may be higher than the standard you hold for yourself. But because I'm pushing it so hard, it's reminding you of your shortcomings and you're going, you know what? I do want to be ripped. I do want to get back to where I was when I was walking out of that club and I had the celebrity on my arm and the paparazzi was... And by the way, Forrest, you're dating my executive assistant, so you better fucking... You better do this right, bro. Because I'll, I'll, I'll bury you in the Arizona desert if you hurt her. Um, but I want you healthy because I want you guys around for a long period of time. And it starts with making your fucking bed and drinking your water and working out and putting different inputs in. What podcasts are you listening to? What are you listening to negative news all day where you're all frazzled, dazzled mess because you're worried about some shit going on on the other side of the world? Or are you listening to, you know, personal development podcast mm-hmm. and, and financial literacy podcast and the clever investor show. And you gave them a five-star rating and you shared <laughs> it with 25 friends, right? <laughs> Uh, if you are putting the right inputs in, your outputs will eventually be there. And if you want to make money as a real estate investor, the first thing I always do with my new students is like, all right, break down your day to me, your basic day, every day for the last like seven days. And I'll get a good read on who you are and how you carry yourself and what kind of energy you're going to come to the table with. And I could probably predict where you're going to break because this game is hard. It is not easy. Anybody telling you that you can just click a button and make a gazillion dollars is full of shit. And this is why I repelled against the word guru because I didn't want people to think that it was just this magic money machine because it's not. True. It. You've been at this now five years. Mm-hmm. How hard has it been? Man, it's been up and down, lots of lessons learned, but man, it's compounded knowledge that yeah. sticks with you for life and the ability to just do something like as simple as buy a house for my daughter would have never you made, you made more money in the last five years than you were in probably your previous 10 years. And we also struggled more, probably, yeah. because yeah. this game that that right when right when you try to figure it out, they move the cheese because the market shifts. Yep. Mm-hmm. The economy shifts and real estate is cyclical and it is heavily affected by the economy. And so that's just the game. However, every time it shifts, new opportunities present themselves, new millions are just waiting for us to go and get. And so I want to encourage everybody listening to this that you do have what it takes to keep going down this path, keep listening to podcasts like this and uh, asking yourself the question, you know, what do I need to do today? Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about too far in the future. Just play full out today and say, if I won today, am I going to get closer to my goals? And the answer is always yes. So you got this and uh, we're here for you on our end to keep coaching you and hopefully do some deals with you guys. So we we shared some links and some websites and stuff with you. We'll put it down in the the show notes and the the description down below this video. I don't have anything else. Thank you guys for being on the show. Appreciate you guys. Till next time, we're out of here. Take care. Comb your hair. Peace. Hey, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor, host of the Clever Investor Show podcast. And I'm shooting this ad right now to let you know that this podcast exists. 
It's finally out and we have some amazing guests. So please, I'm begging you, can you just come and give our podcast a listen? I've been doing real estate for a really long time. I've accessed some of the coolest people in the world. We were having all these amazing conversations and I'm like, what are we doing? Let's record this and actually put it out on a podcast. But the problem is, I have to let people know about it. That's where this ad comes in and this is where you come in. You're gonna be able to learn from successful entrepreneurs, get in-depth interviews from amazing leading experts. You're gonna learn real estate investing strategies and tactical training strategies that work in today's market. We're going over market analysis and different market predictions. You're gonna be able to engage in an awesome community. And we go into some pretty deep dives on the mindset of what it takes to win the game of money and in life, plus lots of bonus resources and exclusive content. So what you're gonna to wanna to do right now is click the link that you see on your screen and give the show a subscribe today. We have amazing guests like Ken McElroy and Robert Kiyosaki and Wes Watson and Pace Morby and Jamil Damji and Vina Jetty and a whole host of amazing men and women entrepreneurs that you're going to love to learn from and get to know. So what you want to do right now is click that link and give the show a subscribe today.